today I have Chuck Boswell from Kicks Chokes on the line. And we figured today we'd just give a little bit of education on choke tubes and kind of what they do and how they work. So, um, Chuck, thanks for coming on. Uh, where you where you reside from, bud? Um, absolutely. It's great to come on, great to be here. Um, our business here, we're from uh, the state of Georgia, and um, I personally live uh, in South Carolina, so we're definitely down here in the south. Yeah, perfect. So I guess we should just get started. Like, what does a choke tube do in general? And how do you, yeah, I'll, let's just do that. How does a choke tube work? Yeah. Sure. I mean, in the simplest form, a choke tube, you're controlling the size of the pattern from the shotgun using constriction. And what constriction is, is simply just how much smaller the diameter is than the cylinder bore. I mean, that's basically, that's basically it. You're controlling that pattern size to accommodate whatever your average shot distance is. And that's where choking has been done for, I mean, ever since they were shotguns, you had fixed barrels and they were all set to a certain amount of choke tube or amount of constriction. So tighter the choke, the tighter the pattern. Now there's limitations, but we can get into that later. But in general, you're just squeezing down the pattern to get whatever size pattern you want at whatever shot distance. Yeah. And when you talk about the pattern and, and the, so for those that don't know, if this is your first time talking about choke tubes, like you have the cylinder, which is generally what your fixed ones were back in the day. And then now it gets tighter and tighter and it's a threaded in piece that there's right. notches on the end. Right. Pardon me. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the old days when you had fixed barrel guns, I mean, it was usually an improved cylinder, a modified or a full, that was kind of the standard three chokes. And when I was young, 1975, I had a Browning A5 three-inch Belgium-made Magnum shotgun. It had a 28-inch fixed barrel modified on it. So, you know, then that's what I shot. It didn't matter if I was duck hunting or dove hunting or deer hunting or whatever. That's what you had. And if you were going to change your, you know, your shot size or your shot pattern, you had to buy another barrel. But with the invention of invector chokes, which an invector choke is just a little screw-in steel tube that screws into the end of your shotgun, you can take one shotgun and do anything with it. I mean, you can have something as wide as a straight cylinder bore for a big pattern, and right on down to that same gun, you can get a 12-inch pattern at 40 yards for turkey. So really, I mean, it, it revolutionized shotgunning to where one gun could do it all and do it all efficiently. Yeah. And, and when they came out with the different um, naming conventions, we had the cylinder, we have the modified, or sorry, we have the improved, we have the modified, the improved, modified, and the full. Um, kind of the naming convention came from the pattern at, at 40 yards, didn't it? That's right. You know, the old terminology for choke tubes, like improved cylinder, you started at a cylinder, and then today, ten thousandths or point zero one zero decimal is an improved cylinder, ten thousandths tighter than cylinder bore. So, an improved cylinder is an improvement over the cylinder. A modified is that much more 
choke, 10 thousandths more choke than the improved cylinder. The improved modified is a little improvement over a mod, which is a tighter choke, and then a full is even you know tighter than that. Now, I mean, with turkey chokes, now you go all the way up into double and triple X fulls. I mean, it's you're constricting the like turkey loads down so tight, you're pushing them to the absolute extreme to get the tightest pattern you can get at yardage, depending on your pellet size and your ammunition, you know, your shell size. Uh, but in waterfowl, it's a little different. In waterfowl, we're just looking at getting whatever your average shot distance. We're looking for a 30-inch pattern, so we can manipulate or you know put a different choke in that'll give you a 30-inch pattern at 20 yards. Or if you're out on upland water, I can get you an extra full high flyer in there. With now that's still labeled, but still an improved modified lead constricted choke. Um, I can get you a 30-inch pattern at 50 yards. So you know, waterfowl, waterfowl, wing shooting, clay shooting, competition shooting, you're trying to get the optimum size pattern at your average shot distance where in turkey or we'll say buckshot for deer, you're pushing the, the pattern to extreme. So they're a little different. They're always on the extreme end where waterfowl or wing shooting or clay shooting, you're trying to get that optimum pattern at distance. And what that does for the shooter is it gives you a – I guess a better margin or a greater margin of error because, you know, you don't want to say you're duck hunting and you got decoying birds coming in at 25 yards. You don't want that extra full in there where at 25 yards is probably throwing you a 10 inch pattern. You know, your, your margin for error has greatly is just decreased. So we try to get a 30 inch pattern at whatever your average shot distance. Bottom line is when we, we put a choke in a gun. I recommend the size for a customer. I'm trying to get him where he has the best chance of taking that bird clean ethical kill at your average shot distance. And you can do that regardless if the shot distance is 20 yards or 50 yards. Yeah. And I guess generally, like when you look online, it says that um, it's 30 inches at 40 yards, but you being specified, like you're changing your, which, which choke to buy for the hunting conditions right. of each different hunter, right? Yeah, we're, we can get we can achieve that thirty inch pattern at whatever yardage almost. So yeah, we're we're really uh, going for whatever your setup is. I mean, I have some guys that are ass shooters that shoot like say down here in South Carolina and Georgia. You're going to have two types of duck hunting down here, and the duck hunting's not really good down here, not compared to what you're used to where you are, but here you're going to have wood ducks, which will be 20-yard shots coming in the pond, the gum pond, cypress ponds. Or you're going to have open water shooting down on the coast or on some of these lakes. So you're going to have extremes on both ends. And, you know, you can get – what I try to get the customers to – let's get the exact choke you need for whatever your average shot distance. And then if you're going to go out and get on open water every now and then, let me get you one for that. And, I mean – you know how easy chokes are now. These our chokes don't take a wrench. You can change them right there and keep one in your pocket. You know, I sell I sell these little cases and you put a case in your shooting bag and change them on the fly. I mean, 30 seconds, you're ready to roll if ducks are flying at you know 20 yards or 50 yards. Yeah, and kind of to add to what you're saying there, like um, the general standard for a cylinder, just taking a cylinder, right? The five notches. 
at 40 yards, the standard was 40% of your shot pattern is in a 30 inch circle. But if you bring that back into 25 yards, they say that you're, yep. you're about 70% of your shot is in that 30 inch circle. Right. So it just right goes to the money. That's that. Yeah, yeah. Very close. Yeah. And, and kind of the, the neat one that I found was like cylinders, 40% improved. You're at 50 modified. You're at 60, but then you're only getting, once you go up from modified, you're only at like 5% increments instead of 10. Right. Right. That's yeah. right. You know, the, the, the issue or, well, let's don't say issue. Let's say a concern with hunters and really I get duck hunters at the same way, turkey hunters the same way, but you know, people want to get, they want to buy one choke and they say, okay, I, I want one choke that's going to do everything for me. I want to be able to shoot a bird at 20 yards and 50 yards. Well, we know that's not going to work because you're going to be suffering on one end or the other. If we get it set up to shoot close, then it's not going to shoot it. It's not going to kill a bird at 50 yards. That's the bottom line. If we get it set up to shoot 50 yards. It's just going to just, you know, you're either going to hit the bird or completely miss him. And it's going to chew the bird up at, at 20 yards. If you got a tight choke. So, you know, we do try to find happy mediums where I could get them one choke and you could do a little bit of everything, but you know, the, the design behind screw in chokes is that you can change that choke out and be perfect at whatever distance. You're not sacrificing anything. You're getting that pattern at 20 or 50 or whatever, 40 or whatever you need. But yeah, there's not, there's really not one, one choke that can do it all. And you know, you're, you're going to sacrifice one way or the other. I, you know, if I have customers call me and they say, okay, I want to, want to buy two chokes for my gun and it's a semi-auto gun i try to sell them a modified and, a, and an extra full high flyer because you've got modified is a 30 inch pattern at 30 yards it's going to get you out to 40 yard maximum so it's a great choke out to 40 yards you go with a full that's a 20 to 50 yard choke so it's a 30 inch pattern at 40 yards so you don't you don't have a lot of choking it's not a day and night difference in those two chokes there's only 10 yards difference in the pattern size but if you jump up to an extra full that's pushing 30 inch pattern at 48 to 50 yards so if you take a modified out of there and put an extra full high flyer in there you're going to see a world of difference and you're not going to have much overlap so when you know you're going to see a big difference in pattern performance and knocking down birds that are flying at 45 yards for sure yeah. So if I'm shooting and generally I'm shooting my modified choke in my gun and it's my, like, I just got a brand new gun and I really like how my mods go on, but I want to improve that. Do I call you and, and is your modified the same as a stock modified for, for restriction? Well, that depends. That depends. Um, any kicks waterfowl product, if it's a high flyer, which are the ported chokes, or if it's a vortex, which are non-ported, any of the waterfowl, chokes and kicks are listed with steel shot pattern so they're already a steel shot labeled choke so whereas for full high flyer yep go ahead no i was just going to say whereas like the ones that come with your gun they're labeled for lead right most of them are labeled for lead some of them will say mod lead improved cylinder steel on them they may be marked that but you know the majority of my customers that are shooting waterfowl chokes from kicks are waterfowl hunting. They're shooting non-tox steel shot. 
so we label them so they don't have to think about it. Now, if you're going to shoot some doves or some sporting clays with lead loads, bottom line is rule of thumb in a high flyer, if you take a high flyer full, it's going to shoot steel shot or tungsten or whatever you want to throw out of it. It's going to shoot it with a full pattern. But if you shoot lead out of any of these high flyers, they're going to pattern lead one choke size more open. So it would be a modified lead full steel. That's all shooters have to remember. If they're going to shoot lead, high flyers or vortex chokes are going to be one choke size more open what they're labeled. And that strictly has nothing to do with constriction. What that has to do with is steel shot is a denser pellet. So the same constricted choke is going to shoot a steel shot in a denser pattern than lead shot just for the makeup of the pellet. And, you know, I have people say, well, you can't shoot an extra full choke with steel shot. And they're absolutely right. You cannot shoot a lead extra full with steel. But in these high flyers, you know, we try to take any of the guesswork out because you know, we want you to look at that choke if you're in a, your waterfowl and, and that's what you're going to get. You don't have to cross it over to lead. 95% of my guys that are shooting Hicks waterfowl products are shooting, you know, hunting waterfowl, shooting steel shot. Yeah. And, and I shoot, I shoot kicks, obviously it's, it's kind of where I go to. And one of the things I really liked is you had that, it's like a label diagram and it shows you like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 yards. And then it shows like your, your, your ring pattern there. And that's kind of what I based my, when I chose my chokes, which one I was going with. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we try to make it very simple. And like I said before, turkey and, and buckshot are different. But when you're you're wing shooting, whatever it is, we're just trying to achieve that pattern size at whatever your average shot distance is going to be. We're not pushing the choke to extreme. We're trying to achieve a 30-inch pattern at whatever you need it. Yeah. So the biggest question, and don't hate me for this, but I just buy a new gun. <laughs> Yeah, I think you know where I'm going with this. I just buy a new gun. A lot of guys are saying, you know what, just use the modified that's in that gun. What difference would buying an aftermarket choke be? Like, can you maybe go into that? Sure. Well, let me, well, without giving you a sales pitch, let me give you some, some maybe technical information is what makes the kick chokes different than a standard factory choke. Most factory chokes, and there's some waterfowl guns now that, from the factory come with a little extended choke. And some of them may extend to one half inch or three quarters of an inch, but most of them are non-ported. Um, most of them are just standard, standard non-ported neural chokes. The difference is, um, number one, the material is gonna be quite a bit different from a factory choke to what we manufacture here. Now, kicks here, we're we're from a machining background. My dad had a machining, uh, production machining business. Uh, he started in 1972, and he machined production components for industrial customers, just a lot of quantity, cap nuts, screws, uh, carbureted, small engine carburation pieces, a lot of high-volume small parts. So we come to this industry from a machining background. So we know how to machine, we know how to machine properly, and we know how to machine 
to make things or the integrity of the product very good because what we were doing in, in industrial or industrial manufacturing, you know, we would get a contract to run 50,000 parts of this or that or the other. And we would manufacture them to spec, and they were checked through quality control, and all that was done at the factory that we sent them to. So we know how to manufacture on close tolerances and keep things how they should be for manufacturing, but we also know how to manufacture to get the best strength or structural integrity out of a product. So what we do, we kind of go around things backwards here. I mean, we came into this industry from machining, not gunsmithing or the gun industry. So we're a machining background. And what we do, we really go above and beyond on choke products and probably what we would need to. Um, we manufacture out of 17-4 stainless steel pre-treated solid bar. Now, we could manufacture out of tubing like probably the majority of your your companies do, and I can assure you every factory choke that you get in the gun is manufactured from some type of tubing. The issue with tubing is, and this comes from our you know experience in manufacturing, where we manufactured quite a bit of uh, tubing for different industrial customers, Tubing has issues with seams. You're going to have a weak seam in tubing sooner or later. DOM tubing, there's always some, some weakness in them. So when you get in choke tubes and you're taking that pressure from the from the blast coming down the barrel and then squeezing down into the, the strict portion of the choke, if there's any weakness in there, it's going to swell or it's going to crack. What we do here is we machine out a solid bar. I mean, preheat-treated solid bar stock. We drill it all out. We, we bore it all out. So you can imagine we have a lot more cost involved. We have a lot of time involved. That if we didn't have to uh, drill all of this material out, we could produce chokes quite a bit faster. But the bottom line is get what you pay for with this. You got structural integrity or strength in these chokes. These chokes, if you were here, we could go right out in the plant and I could pull a choke off a machine and screw it in your gun. It's ready to go. There's no aftermarket heat treating. The only thing we don't do in-house here is the black oxide coloring or metal color on it. It's a chemical process, almost like a gun blue where they blacken that, that stainless steel. And we only do that on hunting products so they just don't shine out their silver. But everything else is in-house, so it's preheat treated material. And when it comes off a machine, it's ready to go. I mean, if it wasn't for the color, I, you know, like our smoke series chokes, they're poly stainless chokes, and they're really specifically marketed for clay shooters or competition shooters. But we leave those silver simply because you can clean them in any kind of chemical cleaner. 17-4 stainless is not going to rust, not going to corrode, not going to do anything. But in a hunting in a hunting choke that's black oxide coated or you know, metals turned black oxide on it, put it in cleaner, they're going to turn gray real quick. It's like, you know, a gun blowing process. So that's why we, why we do all the hunting process in the black and the products in the black finish. Because, you know, you really don't have to clean your chokes a lot when you're shooting in a hunting aspect, even waterfowl. I mean, when you're shooting sporting clays, you may shoot 200 rounds a weekend or more, you know. So you're going to get 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 rounds in a sporting gun you know, possibly in a few months. So you do need to clean the chokes a little bit in the over and under especially. But hunting products, you don't have to clean them that often. So all the hunting products are blackened. So 
we do go extra on material wise. Now, as far as um, as far as the design of the choke, you know, when we designed these chokes, we were very specific on what we wanted, and we started with the extended portion. Now, an extended portion of a choke compared to a factory choke, that is in a kick choke, that is parallel choke. So let's say you have a high flyer full, which is 20,000th of constriction. That full extended portion of a kick choke have a when you when the choke is meets your cylinder bore, it cones down to the constriction, and that's your extended portion. And you have about one and a quarter inch of constriction, what they call parallel choke. So what that does is that section keeps your shot compressed in there longer. So when it comes out of the gun, it's had a chance to compress together, which gives you a denser or maybe a little tighter pattern, if you want to call it that. So that the extended portion makes a difference in a in a factory choke. If it's a flush choke, you only have about one eighth of an inch of actual choke of parallel section. It's very little bit. It's almost all conical. And um, and some of your aftermarket, well, let's say some of your your guns now that waterfowl guns I see, they have the little extended chokes are about a half an inch long, maybe. That's probably you know I haven't measured them. I hadn't had one in here to to confirm it, but I'm sure that's probably parallel choke. So that helps a little bit, but compared to what you get in one of these, that longer parallel section really gives you a denser pattern. Now, we could have manufactured these things also in, in the testing portion of this. You know, we we make these things about one and three-eighths extension out of the gun, and we could have made them two inches or one and a half or whatever, but what we did is we through research and development out here on the shooting range, we made them as long as they needed to be where you got that pattern performance. And then when you got any longer, you did, it didn't do any good. It was redundant. So we went, as, we went as long on the extension as we needed to go to get the pattern performance we wanted. So that's your extended portion. That's one thing that makes a difference over standard factory chokes. The second thing is, and this is probably really the most important thing of the choke design is the porting system in a kicks choke. And you can look at these things, they're angle ported and they're ported at a 45 degree angle away from you. So there's several different advantages in a ported choke. And personally, I only shoot ported chokes. I love a ported choke. It doesn't matter if it's doves, sporting clays, whatever. I shoot a ported choke, I just like them. You get several benefits from them. Number one, the main design or idea behind these things was to be aggressive wad strippers. Now, bear in mind, we came into this industry uh, initially in the turkey industry. So we were at extremes. We were pushing chokes and patterns as tight as we could get them. That's what we were pushing it on every, every choke item we had for whatever shot size. So we made, made these chokes where they are very aggressive on the wad stripping. And what that does for you, it does two things. You strip that wad. Number one, it pulls that wad off your shot string and lets the shot get out of the choke without the wad distorting your shot string. Okay. Waterfowl chokes are fairly open chokes, so you don't have a really long shot string. You do have a longer shot string in turkey chokes. The tighter your choke is along your shot string, you can 
kind of compare it to say you get two funnels and one of them's got a bigger diameter one has a smaller and you pour the same amount of water or sand through it it's going to take longer for that sand to get through the tighter chokes that's just physics so the the tighter chokes you have a little more shot stream but waterfowl or turkey chokes doesn't matter you're still using that same design of pulling that that wad off your shot string, letting it get out of the choke without the wad distorting it one way or the other. And the second thing is the ports work as a muzzle brake or a braking system for the gases. So when you are porting that gas or breaking that gas off the shot string as well as pulling the wad off of it, you're getting that shot coming out of the barrel together, non-distorted. So what you see as a shooter with all that being said, you're going to see a more consistent pattern for point of impact. It's not going to move all over the place. And majority of the time, you're going to see a more or denser core pattern. And for turkey, I mean, that's what you wanted. You wanted all that, everything in the core. For waterfowl, the bigger the pattern gets, it's a little more uniform, but it's still slightly core dense. So the engineering behind these things you see companies that have ported chokes and just because you drill a hole in the side of a choke tube doesn't mean it's doing anything. We design these things at a 45 degree angle shoot pointed away from the shooter and we use a special tapered cutter. So you got two different tapers in there and it is very, very aggressive in wad stripping. When you shoot a target at, say you shoot a target at 40 yards, straight out, that wad's going to be on the ground at 20 or 25 yards. And that's what it's designed to do. And, I mean, that's the bottom line. It gives you a tighter, denser, more uniform pattern and makes it very consistent on point of impact. So, so I guess it's fair to say that your stock choke tubes that come with your gun, you can still get a decent pattern out of them, but you won't have the advantages that you just described with regards to... The, the core of your shot string or the actual wad stripping itself, right? That's kind of where it's. That's right. And, you know, another benefit of, of a ported choke, and I didn't mention it because this wasn't the idea or the intention behind it, but you do get a very nice recoil reduction, muzzle jump reduction benefit out of it. Really almost identical to what you would get if you had your barrel ported, but without the increase in noise. You know, if you have a ported barrel, and I have some over and unders that have ported barrels, and they're very loud. I don't like them. I mean, they do knock down recoil muzzle jump, but and some guns do need a ported barrel that really have a lot of felt recoil. But you can screw one of these in if you're somebody that's sensitive to recoil. You can screw one of these kicks choke in, and it's going to knock 15% muzzle jump recoil reduction off right off the bat, you know, competing with your pattern performance. So... That really wasn't the design behind them intentionally, but that's kind of an added benefit you get that goes along with it. So do chokes ever wear out over time? Like um, after, say, a thousand rounds, will they change just a little bit on the internal diameter of them? Or I know that yours are probably well, pretty well, solid with the way that you manufacture them, right? Right, yeah. You know, 17-4 stainless is really about the absolute best material you can get for choke tubes. It's pricing material. It's really difficult to machine. I mean, you have to have everything carbide tooling. It's really, 
really tough to machine, but the product, the finished product is unbeatable. And the reason is, is because it's just hard enough where you don't get any wear, but it's not so hard it becomes brittle. And when you get past a certain point, like 32 on Rockwell scale, on the hardness scale, you get into brittleness, so you would have chokes cracked. So this has enough elasticity to, to give a little bit without swelling, but also has the strength of it you know, to withstand thousands of rounds. Now, theoretically, I don't think that you can probably wear a choke, choke tube out. Um, so time to time, I do replace them for customers that have shot thousands and thousands of steel shot rounds, but really there's no measurable difference in the, in the size or constriction of the choke that we can tell. But I can tell you the main thing that customers would want to watch out for for pattern performance. Main thing that you really need to look for is keep your eye on the ports. So if those ports build up with residue, they'll start losing their wash stripping ability. And that will have more of a pattern impact than anything else. And with these hunting products, you know, gosh, you could shoot really you could probably clean it once a year if you if you shoot a case of shells a year mortifallon you could probably clean it once a year and not have an issue and they would be clean but yeah that's the only thing i do in sporting clays or you know if i'm shooting an over and under you get built up between the two chokes and i have to clean them but if i'm shooting my beretta you know, a400 i honestly even shooting sporting clays or anything like that, we, uh, competition shooting, I very seldom ever have to clean a single barrel gun. They're, honestly, they're almost self-cleaning. The way the ports are designed, they're blowing all that residue away from you. Your barrel stays clean, and honestly, they almost self-clean. But I would encourage guys, if they you know, had a high flyer for a couple of seasons, I wouldn't put them in any chemical cleaner just for the black. Now, if the black's already worn off of them and they're looking great, put them in anything it doesn't matter if it's choke cleaner rim oil gasoline whatever i mean you're not going to hurt the choke but if you've got chokes that are still have the black finish on them that look good i mean you can get a little bit of soapy water warm soapy water and just throw them in a jar and let them soak a day or two and then i'll take mine out and take a little you know, plastic brush even a toothbrush or something like that and just just knock those ports out from the inside and outside and that residue comes out I mean, they're clean. That's the main thing. If those ports need to be clean so they can strip that wad, and they build a lot of, they'll, they'll strip a lot of plastic. So that's really the only thing you should ever have to do. But if we ever get anybody, if we ever have customers that have issues with a choke, whatever. I mean, it's 100% lifetime guarantee on these things for any kind of issue like that. If you don't think it's uh, shooting what it used to, you no, know, I'm more than happy to exchange for a new one. So yeah, I was just, that was my next question is how do you clean these things? But you just kind of went over that. Now, if you're cleaning your gun, would you take the choke tube out and just leave it to the side while you clean your gun? Or would you put it back in, leave it in? Or what would you do there? Well, if you're going to clean the choke, I'd take it out and soak it. I would, you know, I would probably, probably be a good idea to take the choke out and maybe run a little bore brush or something down in the threads inside the barrel. Because sometimes you get residue built up or powder residue or plastic residue built up down where the choke seats in the bottom of the barrel. You probably screwed a choke out of your gun and down on the threads down there, it looked a little dull. It looked, you know, it had some residue on it. Probably more important just to 
clean your barrel out a little bit. But if you're going to want to run like a boar brush or a boar snake or something all the way through the length of the barrel, I'd put, you know, I'd probably put the choke back in it and run it through the choke too, just so you don't, just so you don't harm the threads yep. in the barrel. In the barrel. Yep. Um, speaking of the threads in the barrel, when you put a choke tube in, are you using choke? Like, I know you guys have like a choke lube product, but is there, is that, do you suggest using that? Uh, you know, you see some of these guys. I, I would, I, yeah, I would suggest it. Um, and I'll tell you who really needs it. And I'm in the same group. You're, um, if you're shooting a gun, let's say a Beretta or a Benelli or Stoger, Bronchi, TriStar, Anything that has a mobile thread or a Beretta Benelli thread type, the square threads, you really need some choke loop. And the reason you do is they they are hard to keep tight. Um, let's say you got a Remington or a Browning or something like that, and it's got the good old American V thread in it. The V threads are really good for staying tight. You can. You know, if I'm shooting sporting glaze and I'm shooting a gun, I had a Winchester 101 I used to shoot quite often, and it had the standard old V-threads. I could put a little choke lube on those, screw them in the barrel, and then I would have to get something and pop them loose because they stay tight so good. But in a Beretta or some other type gun that has a square thread, and you can look at your choke, that's a real coarse thread. If you've got a Beretta, any model Beretta, any model Benelli, Bronchies, TriStars, anything with that same type choke, a thread type on it. You really want to put some choke loop. It has a that's what they call an acme thread. And in machining technology, in, in old school machining, any um machines that have like worm gears and big heavy duty gears use an acme thread. And they are really strong. You can't take an acme thread, which is a square thread, and strip them. I mean, you can tighten them all you want to. They're not going to strip. But the the con of that is they're, they're very easy to work loose. Anybody that shoots Berettas or Benelli's know you have to steady, you know, tighten the choke up and keep your eye on the choke too. I'm the same way. So choke lube does two things. Number one is what we basically market it or sell it for is to keep the choke tight. And you can get choke lube. You can get a little bit of lithium grease, really any kind of grease. You could put a little bit of grease on it, and it's going to help it stay tight. But also it will help it anti-seize as well. And, you know, People will shoot, you know, might shoot all season, never take a choke out. I've had people come in here to shoot two or three years, never take a choke out. Those chokes aren't coming out. Sometimes you have to cut the barrel. So it helps it in both ways. It helps it stay tight and it helps it anti So I would highly recommend putting some kind of choke lube on the choke, um, whatever it is. I mean, we sell a little product, uh, a little choke lube product here. It's a little blue grease. It's a really nice little product. It's clean. It's not messy. It does a great job. You can put it on any of the components of the gun from ejectors to bolts to whatever. It's a good little grease and it's not messy. But yeah, I would I would highly recommend whatever you're shooting, put some lube on. It'll help them stay tight and it'll keep them from seizing. Can, can you use like Vaseline or, or uh, anti-seize like that copper product? Yeah. Absolutely. So. Basic of it, any little grease type product like that, it's just gonna it's just gonna help. I mean, it's not gonna hurt a thing. Yeah. Okay. I think that we've covered most of the stuff we can talk about. The basics of your choke tubes. Um man, thanks for coming on and helping me out here. And hopefully we see you on the Union Zero Four Thirty podcast as well. 
if you're listening to this and you've got a buddy that's hunting with you and right beside you, you always see him turn over and twisting his choke tube back in. Tell him, get some choke lube on that thing. Anyway, thanks a lot, Chuck. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure.